0: This is a pre-podcast public service announcement. Hello. My name is Pedro's from the World FitFit Fit organization. Why are you here? Why are you here? You have come to listen to Thai Gap podcast is that the name I believe my experts have told me. But I want to beseech all the people listening, I want to tell you I can clarify some misinformation and fake news regarding this podcast. The two people, individuals who host the podcast are not even famous, they are not even popular. They are known to spread misinformation and disinformation regarding all matters. Our team of 45 experts do not know the name, do not know the face, do not understand their brand of humor. So, from the World FitFit fit Organization, we declare this podcast is not fit fit for audiences. Worldwide. And in these dark times, you must remember that China is doing a wonderful job. Wonderful job. That is the end of our message today. Welcome one and all to the odyssey that is beginning in front of you. Behold, the very first episode of the Thigh Gap Podcast. In this journey, who knows what we will discover? Who knows what we will learn? But we hope that you stick around with us because there's a lot more to come. There's a lot of new things to discover about me, about my partner, Breen Brood, and about yourself as well. So let's start with the introductions. My name is Bogus Noob and my co-host, his name is Breen Brood. Welcome one and all,
1: we are glad I apologize on behalf of my co-host Bogosno for giving that elaborate boring speech, but uh, otherwise, I just would like to say welcome to Thigh Gap Podcast.
0: Now that we've got that out of the out of the way, Brut, um, what do you think we can uh, tell our audience about? Anything more in terms in in terms of introduction? Is there anything else you would like to add?
1: Uh, Bogus, I don't think there's much uh, to talk about considering mm-hmm. our dark past. Right. And uh, all the other aspects that we have been through. Uh, just to give, if I have to paint a picture, then probably I am talking about uh, two guys. Mm-hmm. Definitely two guys. guys. That is mathematically accurate. Accurate. Absolutely accurate. And we are always Fact mathematically true. accurate. Exactly. Uh, is this about two guys talking? Yeah. Which is another accuracy there. We are talking. Wow. Uh, And recording their talk. So consistent. It's all, yeah. I mean, I don't want to pat my own back,
0: but yeah. No, I'll pat yours and you pat mine. That can be done. Absolutely. In in fact,
1: that is needed, I guess.
0: Yeah, because there's no one else to do it for us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which I think we could follow for the introductions as well. I mean, I could introduce you Mm -hmm. and you could introduce me. uh, Absolutely.
1: I think it's one and the same, but if you want to try it out just for the sake of uh, our
0: audience to have some variety. Sure. We can do that. You want to do it now? Sure. Let's go. Being Brute, guys, is a strapping young lad from Hyderabad, India. And... Well, that's all I had, really. Uh, It's just a guy from Hyderabad, and uh, he's, he's the guy I'm doing this podcast with. Brood, go ahead, introduce me. Bogus Nook, guys. Bogus
1: Nook is a piece of flesh which keeps moving around in a swift. And uh, he has absolutely no etiquette of keeping his phone in silent when we are recording a podcast.
0: I think that pretty much sums up Bogus Nook. I think the audience got to know a lot about us. I think we have divulged too much of information. Too much. Too much. Well, let's hope we don't slip into any other shady things that we've been a uh, part of in our dark past, as you said bogus going over a limb, Mm -hmm. uh, why do you think our audience have to even listen to us? Well, it's not that they should listen to us, but if they wanted to, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm sure they're going to find things in the podcast that they would like, that they won't want to come back to. And because it's a fresh perspective. When I say fresh, of course, I mean humble. We're not celebrities. We don't have lofted goals. We don't sit in uh, atop bungalows or yards and tell you how to go through a lockdown, for example.
1: But we do sit in other people's bungalows at all. True,
0: that is true. Just to give the image that, you know, we are cool. But it doesn't change the reality about us that we have nothing.
1: Dark past, I don't think the audience have to know about that. Exactly. I mean, yeah. we
0: have nothing real to our names. And as far as wealth or fame or any, any such, you know... Uh, what do you call them? gimmicks are concerned. Materialistic. Materialistic, materialistic things, uh, yeah. What do you call assets? Yeah, we're one among them. I don't think we can go any
1: professional than this. <laughs> like, this we have right. already exhausted the vocabulary of corporate, you know, terminologies. What do you call it? I don't know how you put it. But, yeah.
0: But we that's, have synergized our core competencies. Which is... Is what I, I think you were trying to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. But how is it going? I
1: mean, like... We've been away from the corporate jungle uh-huh.
0: for about like a couple of months now, give or take. Uh, you mean the lockdown? Yeah. No, I mean, I I feel like I've been even thicker into it since the lockdown because the work from home, I don't know how it's for anyone else, but for me, the work from home, which I thought would be a relaxed, uh, more chilled out phase... Hmm. turned out to be more work more meetings more of that stuff which at least when i was in office i could i could take like two three breaks with my friends you know go down have a smoke or something yeah but now it seems relentless right like yeah one after the other. it's like solitary confinement with a laptop
1: yeah in your own home that's the in, worst in part. your
0: own in your own home in your own room yeah Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure if anyone else is having the same experience, but that's what it's been like for me, at least. No, I think I feel the same. Um, in a sense, yeah, I get the point of what you say. As so, to... to take your corporate jungle analogy, I think the difference would be, in a corporate jungle, you could at least swing from tree to tree. Yeah, and thanks for butting me in and, uh, oh. you know, cutting me off. Let me cut you off again. In a corporate jungle, <laughs> you know, like how you swing from tree to tree. This exactly is
1: like, what I was saying. This is like the, 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 the swing minute, part. When you are saying like, about the swing part, uh-huh. what I really think is, is it the jungle that influences you to be kind of get that mood of working? Or is it just that the state of mind? Because this whole work from home mm-hmm. kind of, you know, uh, explained to the corporates right. that uh, we don't really need an office to
0: work. I mean, yeah, that's what we've realized uh, for sure. But... Definitely, I think there are downsides, for example, in a corporate jungle, you know, a monkey would freely swing <laughs> from branch to branch without yeah. being prompted to do so. Yeah. But it's like the work from home thing is like you pick the monkey from the jungle. Put it in a cage. Put it in a zoo. And then you stand outside the cage and be like, hey, monkey, jump. You know, is it, a, is Take it the stick. And do you think you, it's a zoo or a circus? It's definitely zoo. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because circus involves uh, capital punishment and some torture, like physical torture, which definitely is not happening. Mm -hmm. But it's more like a zoo where you have your confined space and you're supposed to navigate. Yeah, you're
1: free, but not yet free. Yeah. It's kind of a paradox. Yeah, zoo makes a much better analogy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think that's definitely been the difference between corporate jungle to a zoo. Mm -hmm. We're coming back. Coming back to introductions, introductions. I'm sure you guys got a pretty good idea. We're just two guys, two normal guys from Hyderabad, and we hope that whatever we go into, which is what the next, uh, what was the next point that I was going to bring up, which is what can our audience expect from a Thigh Gap podcast? Root, what do you think? To be honest, I don't think there is
1: any expectations that we can set. mm mm-hmm. But I am to be on a very neutral uh this thing, the whole intention why we started the podcast right. is because uh we have a lot of time to start off with. Yeah. And we think that we are relatively smart people. No. And uh to share. Yeah. And uh most importantly, we feel that we can contribute to the overall content consumers. Mm-hmm. In, in a very different way than what they're already consuming. Right? In the world of TikToks, mm-hmm. we want to be the ray of light. As in audio. In, yeah, if, if there was a world of TikTok audio, right. for example, then we are like the ray of light. But that's too far, I feel. I don't think... Uh, it is way too yeah, far. Yeah, but on a very simple note, I think they can just expect... Actually, I don't want to tell what they can expect. It's it's wrong. It, expectation setting. I think they should tell us what they expected and what they got. Mm-hmm. Don't you think that is a fair ask? Like, I think audience should be the one who should be telling us what they got. So that the next episode, right? people can be like, hey, okay, fine, this is what people got. So maybe this is what we have to expect.
0: Well, I think that makes sense like 50 or 100 episodes down the line. But to start off with, definitely we should at least put it out there. Well, Okay, from my point of view, what I would say is just um everyday musings things you talk about with your friends maybe things you wanted to talk about with your friends but you didn't have the friends to do it <laughs> which I is all that going well. which yeah. is you know all too common scenario for a lot of people if you either you don't have friends or you have friends that uh, don't really or they don't have friends like us they don't have friends like us or yeah. You have friends that are complete jackasses. It happens. It happens to all of us, you know?
1: Yeah. and It's happening to me now.
0: Yeah. And it could be that we're all jackasses, but are they really the jackasses you prefer? That's the question. So I guess that's what we will discover through this podcast. Mainly what we want to do is keep it entertaining, keep it light for you guys, and go into different elements of, culture maybe or even just talk about whatever we usually talk about what me and Brute talk about every day without there being a recording yeah
1: basically the bottom line is this right because we speak so much mm-hmm. right that we thought that hey why not we record what we speak right it's as simple as that right right exactly i think mean, that's that's how we ended up coming to the idea of podcast
0: yeah plus every guy and his dog is starting a podcast nowadays there are podcasts of dogs. I actually, seen, I'm sure they're way they're more popular. Or I'm sure, I don't think we'll even be able to cross their popularity, more which is popular. understandable. good Do dogs. Podcast and display pictures, you've got a dog in it, is
1: they're unbeatable. You're done. You're yeah. done. You're more or less done. I don't think you can beat those kind of circumstances.
0: Yeah. So why are we starting a podcast? I guess... To get back to the we're previous... We're still not done with that question, is it? We're not done with okay. it because it is the first episode and... We so we going to rub it
1: in so that they they get it, like,
0: completely. Well, it's actually... We are also not clear ourselves, so I was hoping that... Which is why I was avoiding
1: the answer, but then you I was just
0: hoping ha- that if we, if we powered through it, you know, maybe... <laughs> At some level, we'll get the clarity. We'll get the clarity, yeah. That's yeah. basically how life seems to go these days. So... Like I said, I mean, you have jackasses around you, but maybe they're not the ones that you prefer. So I guess our hope, my hope and Brute's hope is that through this, we get to build a little community of like-minded people and among them, them, we find jackasses that we do prefer than our own company. That's a huge hope that because we are not able to find anyone else, any other alternatives for now at least. But if we do find that, then maybe we don't have to suffer each other's company anymore. What do you think? Root. Root is lost in
1: music. I'm actually thinking thinking what they should be expecting out of our podcast. Uh, I just think at a ground level, Mm -hmm. it's just a chance for them to be a part of a conversation which happens in a cave. Right. Right? Right. And contribute, like, have that conversation. I mean, I don't know if you've ever experienced this. Have you ever... I'm, I'm sure we went to a lot of caves, right? In Hyderabad, the whole culture is you go to a cave... A lot of tea, culture, yeah. And then have, like, that one smoke and stuff. Yeah. So, in a cave, I don't know if you've gone early in the morning, you, you are forced to eavesdrop conversations. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There will be that three guys will be sitting and talking some nonsense about how their day was, how, how the real estate is kind of uh, booming in so-and-so part of the city. Vision whatever. 2025. Vision 2025. What the budget should be. Yeah, how marriage is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know. So, I think podcast, our podcast is just like that. We're just those two guys sitting in the next table. Mm-hmm. And what however entertaining eavesdropping conversation gets, that's right. how this is. That's how I think is. that's what they should expect. I don't know if I painted a good picture because I promised the audience that i will be painting a good picture
0: you actually didn't promise that but it's okay I guess yeah I guess that's uh, formal enough for a beginning now we can actually get down to how we usually shoot the shit and we yeah. just talk which is great good to be done with awesome. the formality
1: yeah uh, so Bogal I want to introduce mm-hmm. you to what was going in my mind and I thought
0: of taking your opinion on it. Right? I thought we just said we got done with the formality.
1: Yeah, but this is not
0: a formality. This is
1: the actual meat. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. So I was thinking, because of this whole lockdown, right, right. there are a lot of HR people, you know, in across companies mm-hmm. who are trying to, like, work with the workforce or employees and right. kind of you know, keep them in an upbeat mood and, you know, not show, not get, let them get affected by the crisis time, which is outside, right? And they were doing this whole bunch of activities mm-hmm. uh, to kind of motivate them to, to do what they are supposed to do, which is doubtful. I don't know what it is, but. Yeah.
0: I mean, I see it differently. What I think is they're doing it because they're supposed to be doing it. Yeah. That is one
1: part of it. Yeah. Is that they're trying to save their own job. It's by showing that they're doing some activity or the other or they're contributing in one way or the other. Because some of the
0: things I don't even see sense. As to why this is being
1: done at
0: this time. Yeah, dude, I mean HR is a little bit dicey because and of course it depends on what HR you have and which B school they descended from. You know, but basically I have a friend, this happened to them in their company, mm. right? They seem to do all and it's not, the friend is not in HR, the friend is in operations, mm. is a manager. Mm. But these guys, HR guys, like you said, you know, they do all these activities and they're like, hey, uh, you know, what's your favorite color? You know, all this stuff, all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. but Which is okay, which is fine. They're, they're, I guess they're f- f- fulfilling their role. Mm. But, it can't be like if some guy, if, the, if a, my friend, who's a manager, goes to the HR saying, I have a report in, a direct report in another city, let's mm. say in Bangalore mm. or Bombay. And they are complaining to me that they're suicidal. <laughs> you know, this literally happened to my friend. Okay? Uh-huh. They said, I have suicidal tendencies. I don't feel like working. So my friend gets in touch with the HR over there and they get back to him and say, Oh, this is an operations issue. What? Exactly. This is an employee
1: feeling like killing himself. Exactly. And they say it's an operational issue. It's an operational Operation issue. Operational
0: issue of who? Like, is it you know, the like, person or the no, no, company? No, no, it's, no. Uh, it's operations in the sense it is, uh, it's not within our scope. It is the management, you know, team management. So, my friend is the manager who is remotely managing this person huh. from another place, from Hyderabad, let's say. And they say it's an operations issue, which means it's between you and your superior managers and that chain. So how do we deal with this guy. Yeah, it's not in our
1: scope. And this comes from the HR.
0: This comes from the HR. Human resources. Human resources <laughs> graduated from one of the premier B schools for human resources in India. So wait. Exactly. Ah. So that's where I get this cognitive dissonance, this disconnect between. Favourite colour kind of activities. <laughs> and then... And then uh, suicidal... If he's like, killing himself for uh, colour... Yeah. This is not us. Not my, not my cup of yeah, tea. this is not my cup of tea. But
1: at the same time, you know... In a very weird, twisted way, I think I can make sense of... The whole, you know, top tier B school and HR and all that. Right. The more intelligent you get, your mm. emotional quotient is that less. There's a study, right? Really, really, really smart people... They very often suffer from having very low EQ. They're very indifferent, very insensitive. Right. So, so that, and that's also one of the reasons why they're really good at this stuff. Right. Because they can objectify things very fast. Yeah. They don't have those sentimental compartmentalized. Yeah. They compartmentalize all this faster because they don't have the relativity to, you know, uh, to whatever they're seeing. Right. So they can take those tough calls easier. Right. Like for example, firing like thousand people in a company. Right? Yeah, this as is... much as yeah. it hurts you, right? But you know that it's imperative. Somebody has to take that call. Yeah. And all the villains are based on this philosophy, I guess. You know? Like super smart villain. Exactly. Zero emotions. Focused. Extremely super focused, focused yeah. yeah. Laser focused. Yeah, yeah. But somehow uh you know the hero because he's also emotional, yeah, somehow wins that fight. Yeah. But I mean let's if you go to the if we go to the paperwork, right? The villains I mean, are like ridiculously smart. The
0: focus <laughs> is so strong. Yeah. It's you... so intense that as the hero is coming to rescue his girlfriend, mm. you know, this this huge contraption with needles yeah. is supposed to close in on the girlfriend exactly on the same point. On the same point. Or there has to be a pool, underground or pool sharks. with a shark. So I, Or crocodiles. I have, so I have to order a shark in advance yeah. and feed it every day. Do you see how far the villain has to see? I mean, that's that's, that's like insane yeah. uh,
1: delegation. I mean, and, and not just that, the trickier part for this so-called smart guy hmm. is also to surround himself with smarter people who are ready to obey him. Yeah. You know, he always, the villain always has that one right hand or the left hand right, or whatever right. who's equally smart somehow he's as smart as a villain uh, as the hero mm. or probably smarter right yeah and he's the one who's doing the nuclear coding and like designing missiles and all like yeah he's doing the really smart stuff
0: yeah So but he needs to be told what to do and that's yeah, where the villain that's,
1: that's the only thing he doesn't have a vision he's like a smart guy without a vision yeah he
0: can only execute <laughs> yeah but the villain has to be the one to say no 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 the The needles should not pierce this chick. Yeah, beforehand. It should, like, yeah, it so has to, timing has to be exact. Precision. Yeah. If, she, part, if she dies before the hero comes, there's no point. No point. No point. There's no, no like point. The hero would be like, ah. Yeah, there is no. He died.
1: Yeah. No point. I'll go kill the
0: villain now. Exactly, and you design the room for me in such a way that the hero has to be standing on the trap door. Yeah. So that I push the button and he and, falls and he goes to meet the shot. Yeah. 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 So many things, look. so many, so things. many
1: boob- what do you call that? boogie traps? Boogie traps. Booby traps. Yeah. I don't know why they're called booby traps, but it's very funny. Yeah, it is. But coming back to the point. Boobies are a trap. You know, in a literal sense. Yeah, that's a different thing.
0: But I like what you said because I think that's true and it's not at all rare. It's quite common that, uh, you know, these bookish, intelligent people, the more bookish they get, hmm that EQ part of it, it kind of goes down the drain. Yeah. These kind of people uh, will become the kind of people that can easily say, oh, yeah, for global warming, we just need to decrease the population. Yeah. You know, it's very simple solutions. Right? Basically, it's two builders. plus two types.
1: Yeah, that's about it. And also, even in Heroes, come on. like if you Have you seen Jason Bond? Yeah. He keeps killing people as like they're flies. Yeah. In the whole movie, right? Yeah, yeah, But somehow, they kind of show that he's a guy who has you know, some amount of emotions in him mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. I technically don't see it that way. Yeah. I right. just see this guy having zero emotions. He's just curious or uh, what do you say? He is trying to find a missing piece. Right. Right. It's as simple. And his focus is laser sharp. Right.
0: Because he's just trained to have that sharp focus. You know what I think that emo- those emotions are actually? Uh-huh. The withdrawal symptoms because he hasn't killed yeah maybe <laughs> Jason Bond is like One it's like, big episode of it yeah. symptoms. It's head. like 24 to 48 hours Without killing someone He starts Yeah, he's, yeah he gets fits and all uh, who, who am I Like where am I like, What am I doing Suddenly one guy comes Dead And again he's like Oh he's who like, am I uh, Yes He's like I'm Jason Bond Same thing as John Wick John Wick You know they killed his dog <laughs> He's got like a reason He, he has a reason yeah, they shouldn't have killed his dog they shouldn't have taken his car that is just not done I mean taking his car is still fine should kind have killed his dog sweet car.
2: I
1: think I agree but he can buy another car the dog you know his wife gave the dog yeah the, so, yeah
0: the dog is just the dog yeah. was the because breaker to
1: be really honest right? Yeah. I didn't really see the difference between the car that these guys stole from him mm-hmm. and the car that he goes out in from the garage Exactly, yeah.
0: I, I saw, like, this is the same car. Yeah, right? that, even I was thinking <laughs> the same thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, why, like, is this a production glitch or, like,
0: have they, like. Maybe there was some or, kind like, of sentimentality about that car that they cut it out of the movie or something, but I don't know. Yeah, I. Uh,
1: if they've cut out the main plot of the story, <laughs> then I think that's a huge gap. But when he, when he asked that guy, saying uh, that, I need a ride. Hmm. Like, you know, the typical Keanu right. Reeves. Right. right. And then, Whoa. the next scene is, like, immediately there's a car, like, whirring and goes out of the garage. And right. I I'm, i can't stop but noticing, like, this is the same car. Like, did they use a wrong shot for the wrong scene or why is this the case?
0: The dog, though. Let's go back to the dog. The, the dog, dog
1: was... The deal breaker. The deal breaker, yeah. You I think that pushed him over the cliff. John Wick's dog. Yeah. Yeah. I think you should, first of all, if you got, get to know that he's John Wick, mm-hmm. stay away. Exactly. Stay away from John Wick 1, 2 and 3. And 3, Just, yeah. just make sure. And keep an eye for John Wick 4. If three. is coming, better
0: run. Yeah. 3, definitely stay away from it because I didn't like 3 that much actually. <laughs> yeah. <honest. laughs> is it, this is the one with Haley Berry, right? Yeah. Oh, shit, yeah. It's not that good. It's not that good. It was, it was tilted too much towards one side. Um... Yeah, they just got a little too shag crazy on the violence. And the same thing is with Jason Bourne. Yeah, right. After Seriously. After the
1: Bond ultimatum or something, I was like, okay, fine, I know really are dragging, though. There's no story left.
0: To be very honest, I actually liked only the first part. Is it? You didn't like supremacy? No. Oh, surprising. I liked supremacy also. The, because, I mean, I could still relate
1: the story, right? Yeah, yeah. In born one identity, then it was born ultimatum, one supremacy, born legacy, yeah. So one the second part, right. Basically he goes away to Goa and mm. all that and then his wife or girlfriend gets killed. So I still saw that relativity. Yeah, yeah. I saw that relative storyline till three to okay. an extent, right? Okay. But post that I was like, okay, fine. These guys are just studying. Have you seen the new Jason Bond? No. So that's a parallel story of the one where Rainer, who's that arrow man? Jeremy Reiner. Right? Jeremy Rainer, right. who, He did a version of...
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this
1: is a parallel story to that. Okay. What actual Jason Bond was doing while Jeremy Reiner was stealing all the medicines. Mm-hmm. So I was like, dude, this is not... But the, if, if you have to talk about, um, you know, the whole s- sequel part or whatever, mm-hmm. nothing beats Mission Impossible according to me. Every Mission Impossible movie that I've seen, mm. barring like probably one or two in the middle. Okay. Everything is like a
0: fantastic movie.
1: I mean, you would really like to go back and watch that movie.
0: Okay. The difference for me in, in the case of Bone was the first part. It's Bone. Whatever. Oh. First part was uh, written and directed by this guy called Tony Gilroy. Yeah. He's a pretty good screenwriter, actually. Yeah. He tried, I think that was his first at direction or something. I don't, I don't remember. But the second part onwards, they gave it to this guy called Paul Greengrass, hmm. and that's the that's when the shaky camp started, you know, like when I Yeah, these actions, they, yeah, I was so about to of, say that actually, dude. When I was in the theater, man, oh, I I got pissed off. Like, yeah, you yeah, get a headache. Yeah, you get a headache. It was not yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like same it.
2: thing
1: also can be seen a little in John Wick also, or any of the you know, action. I
0: didn't feel that in the first part, but I think in the later, like at least third part, I thought maybe yeah, there was too much. Yeah. yeah. It's too much. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he, they just
1: made him from human to like, okay, this is, this is a joke now.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was already kind of funny because all these adults are following these rules. Like, you know, they keep trying to fight and kill each other. And all of a sudden, when they cross the line of that continental hotel, yeah. it's like, uh, now I can't, you know, it's like, but see, I can't touch you. You can't touch me. I mean, it was kind of funny, but it's okay. They, they didn't take it too seriously. Okay. Yeah. I'll tell it you this.
1: Isn't it funny that in the same note, because you say that adults follow rules yeah, and yeah. stuff. The good, bad, ugly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Three adults. Yeah. Three vicious killers. Yes. Respectfully standing like in a triangle. Oh yeah. I think for that, what What do you call that? Mexican standoff. Mexican right? standoff. Yeah. Like they're all, they're following the rules too. Why are they following the rules? Why can't they just like, boom, By well, even before somebody says something, why can't they just like, shoot?
0: I think it's just a man thing here. Men like to have a code. They like to follow yeah. like... So this is the same thing with John Wick, right? Exactly. So, yeah. That's I it. mean, I was
1: just trying to explain that theory as to why they follow the code within the... If you remember, the only person who breaks the code in the hotel
0: is a chick. Is a chick. So... Always. Always. Come on!
1: Always the domino effect start, but please don't uh, think that we are feminist. We are uh, not feminist. Uh Uh, But at the same time, like I mean, what you say is absolutely true. Like if you see so many movies, right? Right. The the hero is without a weapon. And the villain drops his weapon like respectfully, and like okay, fine, let's make this a fair fight. Exactly. exactly. Right. They just like drops. It's always guys
0: tend to have this thing. Yeah, it's like let's be ethical, guys. Yeah. I mean, I know I don't like you, but I'm not going to like
1: you ethically. Yeah, yeah. So. Hmm. Which of the movies have that kind of a weird, you know, take?
0: Or like think, the code kind of thing yeah. that is following, I think it's throughout, like throughout, you know, it's just even outside of movies, guys do tend to have that tendency, which is, Oh, I gave my word, you know, like, especially with chicks. I guess, has it happened in, to you in college? What, like, there's a hot
1: chick in mm-hmm. the class or mm-hmm. in the college, mm-hmm. and even before you kind of tell it out to your gang, like you know, I like this girl. Right. There's that one overactive guy Mm -hmm. who always keeps labeling or, you know, saying that, hey, I like this girl, this girl, this girl, this girl, whatever. Right. Right. And this guy, like, he's your friend. Mm -hmm. Now, now that guy comes and says, dude, I really like this girl. Mm -hmm. And you somehow, like, or not you, and and I say you, I'm saying that second guy. In general. Yeah has the ability to subdue
0: his emotions for that girl you
2: it's know
1: the,
0: have you seen that happen a lot i mean i i wish i saw that happen more than it did
1: because but, you are the guy probably who's no, saying, no, 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 that no. chick is mine
0: no, no I'll, I'll get i'll get to what my case was uh but uh yeah guys do tend to have that, they it's, do a, that. it's an honor uh based yeah. uh it's like bros before host kind of exactly bros before host yeah in my own case, if there was a hot chick in my college, which, you know, didn't happen. Because you
1: studied in like all boys college or something?
0: No, I mean, I studied in a college that was outside of Hyderabad, which was just built like three years before I joined. So it was just forming. No one knew about the college, all that stuff. Okay. But to be very honest, yes, there were, uh, I would say, two or three cute chicks throughout the entire college. And with me, whenever it happened that there was a hot chick in my college and I saw them and I thought, oh, she's hot. I never talked to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so,
1: I, I didn't have that problem.
0: Actually. Yeah, I come from a culture which is uh, famous in uh, the Telugu lands. It's called "See and enjai.
1: <laughs> you know what the problem was with me?
0: Yeah. You know, there's always this
1: one chick, one eye candy for the whole college, right? right? Yeah. And then there is this number two, Mm -hmm. which people don't really care about. Yeah. I always used to like the number two. Right. I never really liked like the number one. Mm -hmm. I was like, "Mm, okay, that's okay, fine, she's fine. Okay. I mean, she's pretty. I won't take that away. Of course. But I don't see myself with her. Like, I don't want to roam around with her and all. And I don't know, I felt like undue pressure. The number two, on the other hand... Did you feel like that there would be, like,
0: a target painted on your back if you went after, like, the number one?
2: Ah, uh, no.
1: No, it's just that I didn't see myself with that girl. Okay. There's no target. Like, she was not my target.
0: But did it have anything to do with her being number one? No. No?
1: I mean, I'm just saying as a hindsight. Like, okay. Back in the day, you know, it was like, oh, yeah, she's pretty. There's other pretty. Right. But she's also pretty. But this is the one who I really like. Like, mm. something about her which I... You know, I needed that flaw mm, okay. in a level. I don't know, you know. Or did you I have that? How to explain that?
0: Do you have that uh, Do you have that syndrome where you want to discover a hidden gem or something like oh, that?
1: Oh, that's too much. At the pace at which women were becoming girlfriends in my college, I don't think I wanted to go all Tesla. Mm-hmm. And, like, I want to discover the IT 2000. Six batch, okay, <laughs> roll number so and so. No, I don't think uh, I had that kind of any, but it's just that, yeah. One thing I'll agree that I was super lazy, right? Super lazy. I don't know if you relate that. No, I was super reserved. I was lazy. It's not, okay. that I mean, I would talk to a lot of girls, but then I'm like, ah, huh, we'll, like we'll get into this whole thing later. Like, mm-hmm. I'm fine how I am, so it came across very lazy and funny part of that, i was speaking to uh one of my you know classmates mm-hmm. very recently and we got in touch after like 10 12 years right and this person i was just, we were just talking and she was like hey, i i didn't know you're such a nice guy i mean like yeah. all through college we thought something else of you i'm like okay what did you think uh-huh. Like, we thought you were a crack. This is exactly what she said. Okay. We thought you were, like, a crack. Like, you're a, this lunatic guy who would, like,
0: bite anybody who would come close to you. Which is not that different from what people think nowadays. Yeah. They, first impressions. First impression. I don't know. Do you
1: think that people think about me now? I'm, I'm I
0: mean, that's sure. what I thought, at least. know you thought because
1: you were delusional. Okay. Anything you think, Bogus, first uh-huh. of all, you know, doesn't get counted. Oh, because half of the time you're delusional, you get hallucinations mm-hmm. and you have pathetic social skills. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think any any first 10 thoughts of yours you should consider it seriously.
0: We'll agree to disagree on that. But uh, in my case, yeah. So just to give a little bit of background, my formative years were stuck in a boys' school, a boys' hostel, whatever. So, you know, that kind of... Did its job as far as my dealings with the opposite sex were concerned. It kind of fucked it up pretty good. Took me around like 15 odd years to get out of it. And actually... uh, You know, uh, just recover from the damage, I would say. But is it true that
1: guys who kind of uh, study in a boys school or something... Mm -hmm. Have this like untamable energy the moment they come out and, you know, get into a co-ed school or something. Yeah, there, are, there are those know.
0: cases as well. So I'll, I'll but give is you... is that a th- general thing or is it
1: just one odd thing?
0: No, there are a few uh, that you'll come across. But the problem is the untamable energy part of it. For some guys, it channels at the right time, which is when they get out and they go to a co-ed. Huh. They channel it then, which huh. is the right time. They go all in with the girls, you know, like Akraman. Yeah. you know, Plow <laughs> the land. Plow the land, make up for the last time, you yeah. know, balance the sheet, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but there are guys whose untamable energy, unfortunately, tends to come out before they get out of the hostel.
2: So, aye, aye, aye. Yeah. Well, Why, serious? Oh, yeah. That young? Oh, yeah. Mm.
0: So, what happens with that is, for some guys, when the frustration gets too much, the next guy looks like <laughs> a girl, you know? Like... <laughs> I, Sushant could start looking like Sushantini or Subhashini yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Like Rupesh. Yeah. Rupesh All they fear is Rupa. Rupa. Yeah. Rupa. Yeah. I mean, that I've, I've seen those cases as well hmm. where I don't know for some guys, I don't know when does the line starts to blur but it did blur for some people. That's for sure.
1: One of the things I could not empathize with. You know? Or like I could not relate with. Okay. This whole, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, I'm sure, I don't know if you had it. Did you have a man crush? Like same-sex crush? Girls have it all the time, apparently. Never. Like they always have crushes on another girl saying, that, oh, she's so pretty. Her hair is so like this, like that, like this.
0: Uh, I think.
1: Same way, like a yeah. guy, like, I don't know. What they say is in a way, your childhood heroes right. are like your man crush in a way. Like you want to copy them, you stalk them. For example, if some guy has Cristiano Ronaldo as his favorite, like mm-hmm. Player, mm-hmm. to a point they go like lunatic about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there are posters of Cristiano Ronaldo across his, yeah. you know, yeah, his desktop, his home, everywhere. You know, it's all CR, CR, CR. So it's kind of a man crush. It's a very macho way of romanticizing somebody's attraction uh but it is a man crush apparently to be honest uh, i don't know if i i mean I'm, I'm people i would be great
0: if people can correct me on this but there is something about a man crush like no i'm sure of, there is because to be honest i i've seen like in in general i what i think majority or, or most of the men are process you know their admiration for male role models Mm. is more like just admiration or appreciation for their capabilities or their talent or their skill or what they've done. Mm. And in my case, it was like, oh, this guy has this quality, you know, XYZ qualities, which I should think of incorporating. You know, I should think of following the same kind of mentality or attitude or something like that. But what you said Pick up any male celebrity on Twitter. You look at their replies, and yeah. you will see those man crush types. Yeah, and yeah. I, I don't think there's anything macho about it actually, because they yeah. they they tend to tilt again a little too much in a unhealthy direction. Um, I don't I don't know the reason. It's like the way they. I'm not there on Twitter by the way. No, I'm just giving no. an example. Any social media, like you. No, yeah, I've seen people
1: yeah. like. I've heard, I've seen comments like Virat Bhai, like, you know, meet me once or, or, you know, Rohit Bhai, yeah. like, tell me where you stay. Can you just call me, take my name? Like weird stuff, right? Yeah. Like yeah. reply to my comment. Yeah. Or, or I don't know, uh, Dhoni had a lot of such fans, right? Who oh, Come yeah. touch yeah. his feet and. Oh. Touch his so, feet
0: is again, it's not, I think it's okay. I, no, but. It's but, a reverence.
1: Correct, but at the same time, it's kind of that, you know. Imagine the pain that you're going through mm. just to touch his feet. That yeah. too, why do you have to do it? This is another thing I don't understand. Right. Why not run towards Zoni and touch his feet when he's taking the bus mm. back to the hotel? Mm. Why you need to do it in the middle of a match? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, why do you have to run in the middle of the match, stop the bloody match, and then, like, touch his feet, make this whole... You know, get tackled by security professionals and
0: all that doesn't make any sense. It's like it's so ridiculous. I think that's still a little bit different because the man crush part is where they make uh, they Photoshop themselves next to these guys. That's what I'm and saying. They put I, heart icons and all that. It's like, like again. What do you want? Like you, are talking about
1: magnitude of it, right? Like, say, if I have a crush on a girl, huh. to what extent will I express that? Right? No. There but, are I, times where I'll not even tell that girl that I have a crush on her.
0: No, but we're, same thing with we're talking about a guy and a girl, which is different. It is The no, same thing as with a guy. See, Well, guy and another guy, like this idol worship huh. that goes off into these. It really looks like a romantic pursuit. Like if you look at it, it, doesn't look like with some guys, right?
1: Yeah, but then there is even more insecurity, right?
0: In the sense, huh.
1: it is natural, uh, whatever the taboo or however you coin it. It's natural for a guy to have a crush on a girl. Mm. correct now the girl rejecting the guy also is natural right so the sec- the insecurity is the girl will stop talking to the to me forever
0: okay right
1: this is a major insecurity that the girl will not like me i have to face a failure yeah now, a guy liking a guy mm. or a guy having a crush on another guy mm. there are, there are two more layers to it one it is unnatural right right he's so macho he's so all this thing whatever 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 nice. and i have a crush on this guy Uh, what will he think of me? He'll think of me as less macho.
0: No, he'll be weirded out. Yeah, he'll completely be... So my
1: thinking is, it's not, first of all, this is not natural. I mean, this is after I come to terms with, okay, fine, you know what, like you have a crush on this guy. Uh You know what, Akshay, you have a crush on this guy. Or whatever, right? Right. So it's after you get used to it. After Mm -hmm. you convince yourself with the fact that, you know what, yeah, it is unnatural, but hey, I can't do anything about it. I'm in love with this guy or whatever. Right. So I have to go, get him. Mm. Right. It's like it becomes predatorish kind of an infatuation. Right? Right, right. So I think there's it's much more difficult to deal with or express with a man crush because you see, girls do it all the time. Girls yeah. are free flowing
0: when they show their. Uh, um, Kuchiku or whatever you call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... To other girls. Even there, when they cross a line, the other chick does get weirded out. That also happens. Not much, yeah. Like, I'll tell you, how many of... How many girls have you seen like, hugging and pecking? I mean, with them, it's a totally different thing because on the surface, it'll all be huggy, pecky and shit and then... Absolutely true. I'm not getting behind deep into it. back, there'll be daggers going in. No, and I'm and... not
1: getting deep into yeah, it. I'm yeah. just talking about... Not having that, uh, uh, you know, apprehension of doing, showing such, what do you call that? PDA. PDA. PDA, PDA, PDA right? right? Say you're super happy with your friend, mm. right? What's the most you do? If I'm super happy with Yeah, you're friend. like super proud and you're super happy of something that your friend did. Yeah.
0: Okay? What's the most that you do as a guy? Probably punch him in the back or hit him. him real hard. Yeah,
1: and yeah. then probably yeah. hug him or like and like give that strong high five give him that strong handshake or like whatever hit him on his head or whatever kick him on his butt yeah, or
0: something right in my case because of the boys hostel background it is more of violence violence yeah
1: yeah yeah.
0: yeah. even even in my case like if I'm super happy say we are playing a
1: sport and mm. my friend scores like a crazy goal right? right I would not go kiss him exactly right I would not go like like rub his bum or something thankfully right? yeah yes. I don't I'm Oh, uh, I don't. Okay. Okay. But, you know, what I definitely do is I'll go, like, give him a hard slap on his back, pat on his back, like, so that right. he feels it, right? He feels it, yeah. yeah he he needs how to feel how... How much I appreciate. The harder you time. hit, the, the more you appreciate it, The, right? the pain has to the be The pain, pay, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, so I, th- I think that that kind of... I, I lost my thought. Uh... Why were we speaking about PDA? You're yeah, so the to... guys have that yeah. apprehension to show this kind of emotions to another mm-hmm. guy, mm-hmm. right? The same thing happens when guys are drunk. I've seen a lot of guys. When guys each other. are drunk, it is "I love you, yeah. bro, bro, life, yeah. Yeah. bro,", right? bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and there's this drool coming out of their yeah, mouth, yeah. and they can't eat the chakna properly, yeah. spilling the drink everywhere. They take you more than they can gulp. Oh, oh dude. it's a side. Dude. I love guys who are drunk. I don't like girls drunk. They're yeah. like unnecessarily painful. Yeah. yeah and yeah. also you have to drop them, like do some, girls, I mean,
0: girls drunk become luggage or furniture. Basically, you supposed to, yeah. And they become unpretty. Exactly. Yeah. Like, girls drunk
1: are so unpretty, dude. I mean, I find girls crying pretty. Like, mm. there are girls who, who cry and they're very cute when oh, they yeah. cry. I mean, Enrique Iglesias, bro, I love to see you cry. <laughs> he has a whole song on it. But a girl drunk is... I like, The only reason why I don't want to see a girl drunk is so that I can remember that she she's always been beautiful in front of me. Mm. You know? But a guy drunk is the
0: cutest, probably the cutest thing ever. I don't know, dude. I hate guys who go into, who like pull the vibe down. There are guys who... No, those guys you have to
2: kill.
1: I'm talking about drunk guys. No, who are just guys, harmony.
0: when they get drunk, these there's a group of guys, when they always get drunk, they always have to go in only in one direction, which is down. down. And uh, they have to that. pull, they have to suck everyone else into that black hole. No, not that. Those guys should be kidding.
1: The guys who I'm talking about are the guys who get drunk. I love you bros. No, no, not even them. They're like the second class for me. Okay. The first category of drunk guys who I really like or appreciate or like I admire Mm. is the guys who get super drunk and then dance alone.
0: Okay. See those
1: guys who get drunk just close their eyes and then like in the middle of the dance floor they don't care for a company yeah, they yeah, don't yeah. care what music is playing they just start dancing alone yeah that for me is like that's the best drunk you can get
0: yeah i just so, look at them and go okay bro this is who you are yeah so. this is who you are man yeah. this is
1: what's happening in your head yeah like you've been dancing all this while in your head now i get to meet you finally yeah those are guys are really like i mean the other
0: i like the guys who, who do get drunk but still keep it jovial who keep it uh, who keep the vibe you know going Yeah. positive I mean that's
1: best case in that's think, the right? best
0: yeah yeah. do you
1: like guys drunk or do you guys do you like guys stoned stoned any day
0: seriously any you're day you're not scared that once they get stoned they go all dark and emotional majority of the times it doesn't happen only a few times when either they're too inexperienced or sometimes you do tend to have a bad trip so when that happens then you just have to support them but definitely they're It doesn't fuck with their motor skills. Uh, What do you mean by support them? Support them in the sense... Go take them, drop them home? No, no, no. It's like take their mind off whatever they're dwelling on.
1: Dude, I don't think that happens. Do you think that happens?
0: There's ways to do it. Like if they're sitting down, most of the time bad trips happen when you're not moving. So you just have to get them to stand up and walk around with you and then distract them with this topic, that topic. Once you're stoned it's very easy to get distracted so Seriously? Yeah. Yes. I thought it was the other way around because every time I
1: came across a guy who's had a bad trip
0: Right. They just don't move. Yeah, they don't they move. They don't budge, dude. They don't move. I'm they yeah, it
1: is ridiculous. Like yeah, yeah. you are laughing at them because they're not moving. Oh, for the first shit. few minutes this happened to me, yeah. And then you slowly realize that shit dude, no this guy is not moving. Will this guy die? Yeah. Like the moment that thought enters your head Right, right. Then you're fucked. Yeah. Like you can't get away from that thought yeah. because now you're thinking, dude. I hope this guy doesn't die. Oh shit! What happens if he dies? Or oh, don't tell me he dies. What will he say? Who got the mal? Who's going
0: to be arrested? What will happen? What
1: questions do police ask us? It all, just
0: goes off, dude. All of this happened exactly with me. Uh, if I can just desc- Let me describe it. Many years back, you mm-hmm. know, around college time. So outside of Hyderabad, you know, the Narsapur forest. It's a, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a dry forest See, sir. No, 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 not that far Narsapur, oh, Narsapur Not is this Puram Purpur pur. Okay, Narsapur Medak you know. Yeah, it's a, got yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Got it. So forest. there's a dry forest over there it's, yeah. a, it's very dry All the time Throughout the year It's dry right. So there's always dry leaves Dry bark and all that Yeah So It was New Year A night hmm. And being in college Of course you're Chaprasi level You have no money Yeah So all you can do is You can just take Friends in your car Go off. We know that it's all dry over there, so we made a bonfire and you know we had mal, so mm-hmm. we were all in good spirits. This one guy went completely dumb. You know, sat Padmasan <laughs> Like a like a Pakka monk and he's not moving. Everyone mm-hmm. around him, we are all joking around. Yeah. The night sky was so clear, so we got lost in the constellations and the stars and we were tripping on, on those. And I noticed this guy was not moving. Hmm. So, I tried my best to get him to move. I started by cracking jokes at him, of course. Hmm. So, we were all enjoying that. And I was roasting him a little bit. And then I forced him to get up. And then I forced him to stand up, okay? He just collapsed. He was not collapsing. So, I forced him to stand up. It was sloping downwards behind him. Okay, (laughs) so normally if he had to go, he had to fall. Yeah, He had to go back. Right. but this guy when I made him stand up he turned around and he started falling backwards like up the slope what? yeah I'm, I'm not I'm not, why which physics is what physics is working here? but I'm trying to tell him guy, dude come on Like, I'm trying to uh, was, get him out of the get him out of the thing I was trying to distract him and the only way I knew how was to crack a few jokes yeah you know and the whole time he did not say one word
1: but okay how experienced were you in day, this? Was it early days for you or? It was
0: relatively early days. Okay. So the next day, he messages me saying, I had no idea that you were that kind of a guy. Hmm. You know, I I was completely shocked. Hmm. I thought you were a nice guy. Hmm. But what you did to me yesterday was Hmm. one of the worst experiences (laughs) in my life. I I never thought you would be one of those people. I was like, Hmm. what? I was trying to get out of I was trying Hmm. to get you out of it. So whatever jokes I was cracking, I was roasting him, right? He yeah. was taking them straight to his heart. <laughs> yeah, like literally <laughs> It was going yeah. like one way. Mm. And man, that was that was one of the learning experiences for me. So uh, with experiences like that, I figured out how to help people. Yeah. Kind of get out of. Uh, I think
1: yeah, they they don't. Again, I think they lose all the EQ once they go into that. they have like June no this guy, to
0: begin with he was a very sensitive kind of guy
1: I, so. I don't know because it works in different ways for different people right so i really can't say because a person is say sensitive mm. he will end up going to the dark space because i've seen guys who were like super confident all this yeah, like you know right, right. everything is under control guys right. who cried like like pigs okay with a bad trip mm. they i mean they would cry and cry they used to cry at length in such a way that you would literally feel like killing them, right? Right. Like, dude, you know what, I don't care what you do. You get disgusted. Yeah. I, I mean, they go out and cry alone. Like, not yeah. here. Don't yeah. do this to me types. Right. And this annoying crying. I mean, you have people who cry who you don't mind crying, right? Yeah. You have people like, oh, you're crying, okay, it's not a scene, you know what, whatever, well, yeah, you're fine, just come back. Cry, yeah. But there are some other, there's this another category of guys who cry, stop and you're like, crying stop, crying, stop crying, you <laughs> bastard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, get the fuck out of my face, I don't yeah. want to hear you, even. Mm, no, yeah. no sound comes out of you. Cry, yeah. you want to cry, cry alone, without yeah. any sound.
0: Exactly.
1: So, like those irritating kind of guys crying, I had those cases also. Right. I mean, I've seen those people right. also, and that's annoying. I so I feel it doesn't matter what kind of a person you are normally. Mm-hmm. End of the day, what's happening in your head is probably that's why it's a very dangerous thing. Uh, when I say dangerous, not in terms of any other way, but it makes you super vulnerable. Getting stoned, kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. takes away all those levers from your head. Right, and
0: just gushes things out. You know. So. That's the reason why, when it comes to things like getting stoned or even mushrooms, you know, suicide. No, done it. even I've never done it. But the, with things like this, they recommend usually having someone called a trip sitter, like a babysitter. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. a trip sitter, so someone yeah. experienced, yeah, who will make sure that who can handle that going into it. Also, the set and setting is what they call yeah, it. Yeah, is well done. It's uh, it's in a nice place. I think I was there. Okay. Yeah, so it's important to have someone like that experienced around you. Yeah. Because they can help you... Have that good mood. Exactly. Vibe. Yeah. Or even if you're going down in a bad way, they can help you at least get out of it or understand. Something. Yeah, but
1: imagine you yourself had a bad day at a trip set up. Yeah. Right? Imagine the mass destruction you can cause. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like imagine the guy who's setting the trip, his dog died. Yeah. Right? And... Like in the first 10 seconds of he getting hit or he starting to trip Mm. and the other people are just getting into the groove and this guy starts like (laughs) setting this whole tone that, you know, dogs are very important, dude. Like, I don't think anybody should raise dogs. It's a very hard feeling when they die and they just go into that bad trip.
0: What's the point of What's the point? (laughs) Yeah, like...
1: (laughs) No, I don't see a point why I'm alive. Like, yeah. I couldn't take care of a dog. What can I take care of my wife, my family? Yeah. I'm such a failure. And in a unison, like the 20 people are like, we are all failures.
0: <laughs> Let's not raise dogs. One, one guy's like, bro, I feel like I'm sinking down a deep black hole. He's like, good, go, go. <laughs> There's no point coming out. Go into it.
1: <laughs> Dude, the, the ones which I also like having around are the fakers. Yeah. Do you have... Have you ever had fake... Drugs? So, don't get what affected do by... The... Uh, the substance.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they
1: want to be a part of the gang, oh, right? So, they're fake. There, there's a lot of... <laughs> dude, bes- they are the funniest guys because... Even though you're high... You can see that, dude. You're not high, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're lying through your teeth. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what you're doing. Yeah. I saw a guy... Uh, it's a true story. So, there was a bunch of guys... who were having, like, a small gathering... And, um, there was one guy who was like two levels ahead, right? It's, I mean, there's grass and then there's levels above. Right, right. right. Uh, so this guy was, this guy was like legit like synthetic. Yeah. Oh, like he was synthetic, wow. okay. right? He would have the, um, uh, the strips, the litmus, like Ooh. whatever you Ooh. name it. Hmm. But he was nice in the sense he was like dude this is for me you guys can handle it but if you're interested you're welcome. Okay. Kind of okay. okay. So that's why he liked hanging out with him. Mm. It was not scary like how people say. So there's this one chap who who said that you know what I can take it bro. I've done it before and he's like yeah, a UK bro. return and all. Uh-huh. So what happened was so they went up. to this room yeah. or whatever and we were just outside uh-huh. smoking up and then they come out and then this guy is like, dude, I can see patterns, I can see colors, and oh, oh, yeah. I can see this and that. Uh-huh. And we are like, dude, are you serious? Like, is that what happens? And the other guy was also like, yeah, 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 that's good, that's good. The whole thing gets done. Mm-hmm. And the next day we met this guy and this guy, he stuck to the story, right? Mm-hmm. He was like, dude, I saw patterns, I saw colors. Yeah. And we were trying to think like, you don't remember what you see. Like, how do we remember in such detail exactly. what you experienced, right? Yeah. And then the actual guy, I won't name this guy, the, the pro guy came to right. like, dude, he didn't have anything. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Like, I gave him some some paper. <laughs> I didn't even put anything. Like, he just had like a play in this thing. And he just started sitting And he just patterns. started shitting off his app. He was tripping because he absolutely gave him like nothing, absolutely. Right. And then he still saw patterns all on his own. He still saw absolutely like some wow. natural talent, right? Yeah. So, so that I mean, like, I like those guys. What yeah. I was trying to say is, because their stories don't end on that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their stories continue. Yeah. Like, even today, if you go to him and i like, dude, how was that day? I'm like, dude, I saw Patton. They'll be telling <laughs> like, the grandkids. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, that story doesn't change, like, even an inch. Even if you experience something, right? When you're right. telling something, the versions keep changing. Yeah. Right? but But this guy's version is to the point, to the T. It's the same since, like, day one. Yeah. So, it's like ridiculous. Which brings me to the other point, how I figured out someone else who we know. Yes. Yeah. Who I thought, like, no, 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 no this is, This ain't happening, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. Yeah, I mean, when, when, when you really get into it, when you're really going through it, it's very different because, like, there's this video on YouTube mm-hmm. of uh, this Indian guy in, uh, I think, Thar Desert or something. Mm-hmm. It's very popular. I don't know if you've seen it. So, this guy... He is completely on, mm. you yeah, know, he's into it completely. Mm-hmm. And he t- he's taken the blot or whatever. Yeah. And you can just see he's recording it himself on his phone. And it's like, oh, ho, 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 bro, I love you, bro. <laughs> There's nobody. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I love everything. I love everyone, bro. Everything is so beautiful. <laughs> you know, this guy is amazing, dude. You should yeah. just see that video. That's how it is, like, when you actually get into it. That's what I
1: heard. Yeah. I I heard there's a story of a very good friend of mine, again, uh, who's kind of, like, curious about these things. Right. So, he went to Pondicherry or some place. I can't remember where. He went someplace around those areas, in Pondicherry or something, and uh, there was this couple who was basically running this show in, like, a motel kind of a setup. So you can go rent a room and, uh, you know, if you need anything, they'll help you out. Okay. And you can just sit in that room and like... Chill out. Chill out and right. you know, do whatever. Do your thing. Do your thing, right? right? And this guy apparently kind of tells you as to what gives you what. Okay. Right? There are options and mm-hmm. the menu and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So this, they took this one guy who, who was relatively clean. So what happened is... This guy didn't get it.
2: Mm.
1: And then he got it in such a way that this guy basically stripped naked oh. and started running into the woods. Oh, so wow. this, this motel was on the outskirts of the city. Uh-huh. And what followed after the motel was basically like highway so in general, right? He went on a freedom walk. He went on a freedom walk. And these guys saw him run away. Right. He they, These guys saw him run out of the room. Right. But they were so in the trip yeah. that they just saw patterns. Oh, okay. Right. And after like two hours is when they realized that dude, this guy actually ran out of the house.
2: Wow.
1: And by the time they went down, the the owner right. who was there, he was actually dragging this guy with a blanket over oh, and he was just right. carrying him like a gunny bag. This was Pondy? Somewhere in Pondi, mm-hmm. I'm not like, I'm not 100% sure but it was somewhere like a Pondi or somewhere south. That much I know. It was not mm-hmm. north. Uh, there was an Irani couple who was is... Uh, mm-hmm. Iranian or Israeli couple which was running the show, probably Israeli. Israeli, man Yeah. So they were running the show, and so he was telling like what happened those two hours. Mm-hmm. So they saw this guy shoot out of the room, <laughs> and then they apparently saw like color patterns. Right. And the color patterns just took shape whichever they wanted, like it would. It was like a kaleidoscope or whatever. So whatever yeah. colors was this they, they were seeing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was pretty dark, and they turned on that uh, bed light kind of a thing or a right. LED light or something. Right. So whatever. Shape they want it. Suppose they... This is what this I don't know how true it is. Uh, whoever has done it should probably say it. Basically, if they're seeing a wall, if they want the wall to start making waves, mm. the wall would start making waves. Okay. Right? If they want the wall to like become like a whale or, or say a tiger, the wall would become a tiger. In the okay. same color, in the same thing, but you can see that this is a tiger. Also. Right, right. So... So they, they saw this naked guy run out of the house and they started making forms in their head of how the naked guy should look, right? So that happened for two hours. And I don't know if this is right. The trip is for like eight to 12 hours.
0: No, it's, if it's good stuff, uh, then I heard it is for six hours. Yeah, but then what another thing he said was,
1: but for the next two, three days, they hear music in the reels. Like at least for the next two days, I guess if if you're say listening to a music right. then the music keeps playing in your ears for like the two the next two days oh, it I'm, keeps I'm ringing not... in your ears I guess. i'm not sure about that this is what my friend told okay. saying that this is how it happens like if you if you're listening to something during the trip mm-hmm. uh, mostly it should it, it is music right so right. if you're listening to a music then the music keeps ringing in your ear for like a day two days continuously and
0: the trip lasted for like 8 hours or something for him wow
1: yeah.
0: So Yeah, eight hours sounds about right. Yeah. Man. I don't know why the when you're when you're telling about the guy running out through the room and these guys seeing, yeah. it reminded me of uh, Richard Pryor. You heard about that incident where he set himself on fire? Set, himself,
1: set him yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy yeah. shit. but that was on Coke, right? Was it on
0: LSD? No, he I was think? he was doing uh what they call speedballing, which is cocaine yeah. and crack. They mixed that. Oh, sweet, Okay. Which is, I don't know why someone would even do that, but he used to do that. Uh, and uh, uh, so this was narrated by his close friend who was there in the house with Richard Pryor uh-huh. when this was happening. And Pryor was actually watching the TV mm. and he was watching the Buddhist monk mm. self-immolate. Mm. This happened in protest uh, against China, the Chinese occupation. Right, right, right. So, and it was not some historical documentary he was it watching. It was live or It was contemporary, like, right. around that time it was right. happening. So, prior talked about this later, actually, which is why I know this. So, his friend just said, one moment Richard was just sitting and watching the TV, the next minute I just see him, I just see a figure just dart through yeah. the door. Huh. And then I look outside and then I see he's on fucking fire. Yeah. And Pryor actually was saying he was he might have been drinking also at the time, I don't know. But he was watching on TV and he saw this Buddhist monk sit down very calmly Mm -hmm. and just set himself on fire in protest. Mm -hmm. And the thing is he did not budge. Like even after he was lit, Lit, right? Yeah, he didn't he did not budge. Right. And he just died on the spot like that right. in the Padmasana Correct. position. And prior, what stuck to me, what struck out to me was he said, I couldn't believe the commitment. Huh. Can you imagine someone yeah. taking yeah. that from that moment? But Richard Pryor is something else because he said... When I saw that, I couldn't imagine the kind of commitment that must have required. Like for To something. sit there and you're still burning. And not just that. It is to have something that you believe in that much. Hmm. That you would actually sit there and you would set yourself on fire. And then without budging. You're so committed. Yeah. You know? And that moved him so much that he wanted to try it right. Yeah, shit. Oh, he... And I think, I don't know what he had, tequila or whiskey or what he had with him, but he kind he of just... poured it on himself. Yeah, he but just poured it off. And he's a smoker also, right? He was a Heavy. chain smoker. He did everything, dude. Yeah. I don't know what... What but do you think takes commitment. people to that level? I think it was his professionalism. It was his approach to his craft that made him admire something like that. No, I'm place. not talking about... Like, who would watch a burning monk and think commitment? No, no,
1: no. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about abuse oh,
0: yeah. to the
1: level of abuse that he went right. his childhood was pretty rough I get it but then great things happened to him right yeah. Like I understand Mike Tyson's problem yeah. and this is the exam- I take Mike Tyson's example and he spoke about it a lot also mm. is when you're 20 right that's when a normal guy's life starts right his life peaked at 20 and same thing with Steve Jobs who's 24. Who's no other extreme. 22, yeah. 23, was a millionaire. Yeah, yeah, Right? And, see, at that point, when you're a millionaire, that, and this was back in the like 70s, 80s, where yeah. a million dollars is like truckloads of money. That's yeah. borderline about 100 million right now, right? When you're a millionaire at that age, you are bound to like, you know, kind of get distracted. Which is fair. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if I'm a millionaire right now. I might just go buy unnecessary things. Oh, Right, I will just buy like 20 cars or like 10 houses here and there, bro. I would shock society, yeah. <laughs> I would get, forget my face, I would get yeah. tattoos in places where culture like, shock everyone around
0: me if I get parents that kind of first. Money. The
1: first thing is like parents, like yeah. the parents will never see the sensibility in what you buy, yeah. So, I understand that part, but yeah. I don't understand guys like a Prior or. or uh, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of people actually, but when you keep when you're talking about prior, I'm thinking about him. Because see there's a guy like Muhammad Ali
2: right. who
1: also touched to that height. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. But he was he was always I mean he was eccentric, but he was not mad. Like he he didn't he never came across as this uncontrollable, insane person. Nice. He was just an eccentric person. He was just a show put-up guy, right? Yeah. A sh- what do you call that? Showmaker. Show-maker.
0: A showman. Showman. Through and through. Yeah. yeah,
1: but he was not like mad. Like when you sat down and saw Muhammad Ali's interviews, this guy was a super smart guy. Like yeah, yeah, He yeah. knew what he was talking about. He knew what he was doing. He knew how his money was being spent or etc. So I keep wondering what pushes people to go to that level of abuse. Because do you know how much you need to hate yourself to basically go through that abuse? I couldn't stand... Like you know, I quit drinking, right? Yeah. And that's because I couldn't take hangovers. Yeah, even I hate hangovers. I I mean, I just that can't was a take deal breaker for me. Yeah. So I'm, so I'm. It was so easy for me. It was yeah. very simple. Like, do I still want to go through it? Yeah. No way. No way, right? And instantly, I'm like, okay, fine. I'm not drinking anymore. Yeah. Makes so much sense. Imagine you're abusing yourself with like synthetic drugs, and there's smoking then there's drinking and then god knows how much what what all went into it right pretty sure there's a lot of internal abuse right
0: yeah but it's also uh, a manifestation or representation of the abuse that they had earlier in life so it's like they keep correlating it with it they keep correlating like it it makes sense to them you know it feels familiar shit dude that's so unlucky yeah and richard Pryor is an example bobby lee In his youth, he used to do everything under the sun because he was abused. Mm -hmm. He he had a bad childhood, you know. So, this, yeah, there are examples of this. But how do you break
1: that, right? Like, because Mike Tyson came out of it. Yeah,
0: even this guy came out of
1: it. Bobby Lee also came out of it. Yeah, prior succumbed to it. Prior, completely. Yeah. Because Mike Tyson apparently started doing blot and acid and name whatever at the age of 12-13.
0: Yeah, but Pryor also did other things, like it, it. things that could have gotten him out of this whole slump, which is, at that time in Hollywood, there was a lot of domination of, you know, I mean, black people were not getting cast yeah, in correct. roles correct. that much. So Pryor, with the clout and with the money that he was making, yeah. he started a production company, and he was making movies. There was one movie he did with George Carlin, you know, he did it with uh, this guy, no? Jack Wilder. Jack, uh, yeah, Jack the Wilder. very, very famous Famous movie, Jack yeah, yeah. yeah. But he got a lot of opportunities for people from his own community. Yeah. And he killed it in SNL. Of course. Richard yeah. Pryor was
1: probably one of the first black guys in SNL, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, that's true. I guess he's the first black guy in the
2: SNL. I
0: mean, it's more like SNL was lucky to have Yeah, like. He was true. already Richard Pryor before yeah. that. But the thing was, the th- moves he was making in Hollywood, right? Yeah. That was kind of... At that point of time, it was something new. Uh, Unheard of. Unheard of. Which is what I'm saying. There's so much brilliance with all this abuse. He was becoming like a kingmaker for his community. Correct. At that point of time.
1: Who was the next in? Eddie Murphy?
0: Eddie Murphy didn't really attempt to do what this guy did. No, I'm saying
1: after Rich Pryor, the guy who got... Bill Cosby, but did he do movies? I don't think He was more more. TV, but he was
0: like a one-man industry kind of thing. Like he had Okay, I have, have this question. Prior. Do you think, uh, no. which prior, uh, sorry, yeah, I can Yeah, be. I was just finishing that because yeah. prior, if everything would have gone smoothly over there, huh. I'm sure that he would have come out of that slump. But one motherfucker completely fr- defrauded his finances. You know, someone he trusted. Okay. His own community. There was a guy. This happens a lot, it happens a lot. It happens a lot during Ajitab okay. Bachchan. Mm-hmm. I don't know it what It was happened. a huge case It was a huge thing He was laundering
1: money Out of Hamta I mean
0: I don't know specifics mm-hmm. uh, We're using real people names Right now So I want to be careful But There was some issue No but this happened With Kevin Hart It happens a Kevin lot Hart's Very best friend Right Apparently uh,
1: Got him so drunk in a party and then sent a girl to Kevin Hart's... Made him commit to something, right? Under the influence? No, no, no. So basically what happened was... This is what he shows in in his Netflix, this thing. Mm. He never named who it was, Mm. but he was a very close member of that Hart Productions, right? So what happened was apparently Kevin Hart... um, They got... He, one of his friends got him super drunk mm-hmm. in one of a party mm. and then uh, a girl started hitting on him or something and then basically you know he kind of went off with the girl Kevin right. Hart then this guy this this bastard basically recorded what happened in the bedroom oh. and then sent it to his and threatened Kevin Hart that oh. if you don't pay up so much of money then I want to give it off show it to your wife and oh, Kevin didn't married. give a fuck. Yeah, he was married with the second wife.
2: Oh, okay, okay.
1: Uh, and she was carrying, by the way. Mm. She was, I think she was about to deliver the kid or something very mm-hmm. recently. Mm-hmm. And uh, he either ways leaked that video mm. and then said, I have more stuff of this. So if you don't pay me up or whatever, then basically the rest of the guys. And this was someone he trusted? His own group, like basically his coach team yeah he's on trash right right so the rest of the guys who Kevin Hart basically hired and formed that whole team hmm. because one thing which is common is all these guys kind of hired like even Eddie Murphy right hmm. he hired his brother and yeah, his yeah. neighbor yeah. and his cousin so same thing with Kevin Hart yeah. right? he gave jobs to all the people who were close to him and uh, and basically the rest of the guys came together and like you know put an end to that somehow I think they handed him over to the police or something like that hmm. And, uh, but, and bottom line is, it's so surprising. It happens so often. So often. That one bad blood, or like one, you know, one guy who's basically turns in out of nowhere.
0: Yeah. But it's, for me, in the case of prior especially, uh, for me, it is, what stood out for me is the timing of it. This guy was changing. Uh, industry. He was changing a society, the way it functioned. It was opening up doors. Uh, It was opening up many doors for the people in his community that did not have opportunity before. So, when you can clearly see that this was improving the quality of life for so many people around you, how do you still have a fucker who comes in and does that? Which not only fucks up Richard Pryor, but it fucked up a lot of people. Yeah, that yeah. were going to benefit. Yeah, it's just no that is that crazy. is too twisted. Yeah, I mean it is like fucking crazy.
1: <laughs> I don't know. It's just that one is there like that first venture kind of a guy. Yeah, you know what I feel. My theory is this: if you observe, the first venture can't digest the fact that a last venture guy is smart. Exactly, street smart. Whatever, like he's for me. They're all smart. Like that intelligent. For you to be street, street smart, it's basically where you apply your smartness, right? So for yeah. me, everybody is intelligent. But there is this notion that you sit in the back, you're not smart, or you're not intelligent. The day Yeah, it's yeah. so a conventional stereotype, this yeah. thing, right? So the day the first bencher sees that hey, this guy in the last bench is getting better marks from me. Now this guy starts scheming. The backbencher is immune to this. He really doesn't care. Yeah. He just did well and like, okay. Yeah. But it's the first bencher who has that need that. Because the very fact that he's sitting in the first bench is, I feel an indication that he wants the attention of exactly yeah. the teacher completely. It's always. Yeah, right? yeah. But they're always on their face. It's a
0: tribal animalistic thing. Correct. Yeah. You want to be
1: noticed and, you know. Positioning yourself. They have to see you participate in every class. Yeah. Because I feel they lack in a lot of other stuff. Apart from the bookish knowledge or whatever. Yeah. So th- all these guys who turn are always these kind of guys, you know, yeah. who have been ethically or, or conventionally smart, but they don't rise to a certain height because, because they lack on other stuff. The unidimensional. Unidimensional. Yeah. That's yeah. a good, good word. Right? But unidimensional. The,
0: what stood out or what stands out for me is how come their in- inclination is not or the first inclination is not that, oh, I f- find someone else smarter than me that is threatening my position. So I should work harder or I should try to be smart. It's not that. It is, I should spend some time and effort to scheme and plan and do something to block their...
1: It's the easier option, I feel. I, I mean, just feel it, it's just like an easier option.
0: It's, it's because a- see, don't you
1: think creativity kind of gets monotonous after a point? The reason why a Richard Pryor is great Mm. for example, is he kept writing better jokes after better jokes after better jokes year after year.
0: He was milking his tragedies though, yeah.
1: But if you see on on an average level, you can't write too many good jokes. Like if you sit at it. I don't know. This is my theory. No, no, this is true because... Because you feel mundane. You feel, oh, I thought creativity is so fun,
0: but... uh,
1: this is so much of hard work.
0: This is this is true because the old school comedians hmm. who were the HBO special, right. you know, that kind of thing, those guys are like in our life we used to think if you have three good jokes. S- good specials. Good specials, you're sorted. If you have three good specials or four good specials, as a comedian you've made it in life. Yeah. That is your lifelong achievement. Right. Now when they're looking at these Netflix so called specials that are coming out every yeah. week, right? They're like, this is not <laughs> special. Yeah, this is, this is rough nothing, work. There's nothing special about uh, this. Yeah,
1: yeah. So yeah, that, that is very true. Yeah, so maybe that is the reason why, you know, instead of focusing their energies on working harder, yeah. they want to piggyback. They piggyback to a place till where they feel, okay, fine, this is enough for me. And then, now that they see... Because you never can estimate a potential, right? Yeah. Like today if you see uh, Virat Kohli. Right. Can you say he will do 100 centuries? No. And you cannot even deny that he will not do 100 centuries. We can only say that he definitely has the potential. Correct. Yeah. So, but imagine Virat Kohli ends up scoring 150 centuries. Which is also... Right? Yeah. But you will only get surprised once he scores at 150. Hmm. So the same way, somebody piggybacking... He'll have an expectation that, hi, this guy will become say hundred hmm. million, hundred hmm. million. Then he becomes hundred million even before he anticipated it. Right. Suddenly he sees a bigger potential from him. Yeah. That, Dude, this guy is a billion, a billion guy. He's not a hundred million guy. Right. So he becomes like, okay, fine. I should not let him become a billion guy because he proved me wrong. Isn't hundred million a billion though? I think it's thousand million a billion.
0: Really?
1: Yeah, a thousand or a ten thousand million a billion. Yeah, you're probably right.
0: Yeah, yeah. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, because have you seen that comparison thing? Like how much does a 10,000 look? How much does a million look? I'm, I'm
0: extremely interested. gifted in math. So it's... it's yeah, true. I can.
1: Apologize, yeah. uh, bogus.
0: But... Uh, My belief in mathematics <laughs> is in zero.
2: <laughs>
0: I, you you go, go very nationalistic. Right? I conscious. just bowed on to Aryabhatta. Aryabhatta. The zero, that's where I am. Yeah. Yeah. Made it all easy. Very easy. <laughs> and very... Profound at the same time. Zero. There's nothing like zero, dude. Fuck. But I think that was some unnecessary intelligence being displayed. Displayed. Farted out. Vomited. Yeah. Okay, at the end of our podcast episodes, uh, this is a segment we like to call we don't have any name for it but we actually like to recommend um, the parcel section. Parcel section. Okay. But we actually like to recommend things that we've watched, things that we like and we want to share. Uh, some may be popularly known, but some may be a l- little bit rather more obscure. No, you're not telling what we are sharing. Oh, uh, movies or <laughs> TV shows. It's like, we'll give what we want to. You better take it. I mean, are like there's no option. It. They are listening to it, you know. Uh, so yeah, these are movies or TV shows, uh, basically pop culture that, May not be commonly known, but you might enjoy um, watching these. So to start off with, uh, I'm going to start with. I'll go over three suggestions from my side, and then Brut will have three suggestions from his side. So the first one I want to start off with is a Russian movie. It's called Vozvrashchenie, and the translation is the Return. Spell it. Uh, it's very tough. No. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, you can look up The Return, a Russian movie on IMDb. Um, the director was Andrei Zvyagintsev. I'm sure I killed it, but I just want to still name the director because proper credit, you yeah, know, where credit is due. This movie is um, a slow burn. It is not a fun kind of movie. It is rather serious. It's the story of two brothers. These are two young small boys who revisit their experience with their father. And their, their father suddenly shows up uh, out of the blue. Until then they were living just with their mom and they only knew their father from a single photograph. But all of a sudden his, he shows up and he proposes to take them on a trek uh, through mountains and rivers and valleys so the boys go off with their father and what happens during the trip becomes like a formative moment for these two boys, something they can never forget. And it's a real, um, this movie will give you pause. It's a beautiful movie, relationship between an estranged father and his kids. So was Russiany The Return, a Russian movie? Please watch that if you have the time. That's just
1: one suggestion, guys. There are two more to come. So, kind of uh, wear your patience
0: hat. Yeah, I mean, patience is a virtue, as I said. Yep. Uh, the second recommendation is something you can access on Netflix right now. It's called, it's a Japanese anime called One Punch Man. And it's something that Brute loves as well. Yeah,
1: I, you have my vote for that. That's a fantastic series.
0: So, let's go on this together. Yeah. So,. One Punch Man is about this guy called Saitama who is a superhero but he's a superhero who just does it for fun.
1: Yeah, he's a hero for fun and the reason for that is he's ridiculously strong. Uh, He's so strong that all he needs is one punch to kill his enemies. So in the process, basically he got super bored of it. He's just been a superhero for like, what, three years? Yeah. Uh, He trains and everything and I think it him three years to become that powerful, and uh, yeah, it, it's a very funny story, guys. Because, because is you know, uh, the thing that I really like about One Punch Man is they show so much of what he is doing when he's not actually fighting crime right. or killing monsters or whatever they are, and that part is actually super funny, right? Right, where he's playing video games or god knows what he's doing, he's yeah, he's there. just
2: a
0: everyday every man kind of guy
1: yeah and he has like genuine problems like he doesn't get vegetables yeah he has hair fall you
0: know he's conscious about his balding yeah and his source of the main source of his frustration is how powerful he is yeah like if it takes all it takes is one punch to down your enemy then you get bored of it pretty fast you need a challenge. And that's what he's looking out for.
1: And I like the irony also. That guy is very impatient. Yeah. You know, he needs things to happen really fast. Yeah. So that's a very human, like it's a very tendency, contemporary yeah. tendency, right? Like you can see it in every one of us. And they've attached that to, instead of attaching like ridiculous emotional things, like how we started off the podcast, right? Right. Like super intelligence is is not in tune with like EQ. Oh, yeah. Here also, like, extreme ability is not... Like, he has some really dumb problems. Yeah, yeah. It's not like he wants to go save the world. It's not like an Iron Man or like a Captain America where he's ethical and all that. It's a completely different thing. That's why I really liked it a lot. Yeah. Of how they built that character at, as a, such a normal guy. Right. As a guy next door, literally. And he has such simple problems, like, day-to-day problems.
0: Yeah. And what I also out from it was I, I felt like there was this underhanded commentary about you know we ha- we all have goals and ambitions in life yeah. we, there is an end point that we want to reach hmm. and we think that that is a destination right but if you happen to reach it if you're lucky enough to reach it early enough yeah yeah. You find to your own misery. <laughs> there is nothing beyond it. There's like, no, that's not never, an end point. You never plan beyond it. You never plan beyond yeah, it. And yeah. you're going to come to this point where you're like, oh fuck, now what? Yeah.
1: It's exactly, uh, I don't know if you know this theory. It's like how babies are, right? Like, I mean, we all have gone through that. You crave for something so much. Yeah. Right? Once you get it, you don't know what to do. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know, like as a kid, I you want this toy very badly, like you throw tantrums. You do you obey whatever you're asked to do. You go through all that hardships. Yeah. Once the toy comes, it starts. You to realize that depreciate. you've not planned beyond that. Exactly. Right? You just plan till the point you get the toy. Yeah. And after that, you don't know what to do. Like you never thought of what you're going to do
0: with the toy. And the toy's value also starts depreciating from day very one. Aggressive. Very aggressively. Very aggressively. Yeah. 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 So, One Punch Punch Man, Man, guys. For sure, check it out. Fantastic, fantastic content. one of the popular Japanese animes, so maybe you've already checked it out. But for those who haven't, definitely you will love it. My third recommendation is a Japanese movie from 1964, actually. It's called Suna no Uh, and Please
1: don't (laughs) mistake it with any contemporary karanjohar movies it's not sunana sunona yeah it can is just uh, for for the betterment of our audience can yeah. just like
0: quite the opposite the uh, the translation is the english title for the movie is called the woman in the dunes it was a 1964 movie directed by a guy called hiroshi teshigahara and it was based on a, mo- a novel by kobo abe now kobo abe i'm told is quite popular in japanese literature he's the, as an author his primary influence is Kafka oh sweet. so his writing is Kafkaesque Just... his writing is slightly Kafkaesque which is more bizarre and more kind of yeah. you know meditative so the movie starts off with an ent- entomologist which is basically a guy who studies insects so the, our protagonist is uh, an entomologist and he hears he goes to this remote village in the desert uh where there's a rare type of beetle that you find so he goes off to find this beetle but in the he gets lost in the search and study and he misses the bus back to the city so he has to camp in that village which is basically in the desert now this community in the desert uh, they have to they, they don't live like everyone else basically they dig pits into the dunes and in the pit, they actually build a thatched hut and they live in those huts. So in one pit, there's one family. And then some distance away from that, there's another pit, where there's another family. So it's not a closely knit community as well. And resources are very scarce. So Scarce, you mean? What is scarce? Scarce, scarce, you know, potato parados. I don't think that's how it is. Well, the resources are very scarce. Now... So he comes into contact with these villagers who say there's no way in hell you're going to get back to the city, bro. So you're going to have to camp in one of our uh, huts or houses and next day morning you can go back. He's like, okay, cool. So they lower him down into a pit where there's a hut and they pull the ladder up. And in the hut, there's a woman who lives there by herself and she accepts him very warmly. She's very hospitable, you know, feeds him. And the guy, when he wakes up the next morning, he wants to get back to his normal life. But then he finds that there's no way to get out of the pit. And there's no one coming to, you know, pull him out uh, with the ladder. And basically, he is then told that the woman is living by herself. And she needs a husband because there's a lot of work to do. So 24 hours... Uh, in that pit, because of the desert, the desert winds, it blows sand into the pits. So you have to keep digging the sand out, otherwise your hut will get submerged. And the hut also has sand leaking through the ceiling throughout. It's just like the woman actually keeps bowls in the hut to catch the sand. Is that bad? So what happens in this guy's life? Yeah, you know, how does he get out? Does he even get out? At a point, he tries to question himself and his motivation in life, which is, am I living to dig or am I digging to live? It's an incredibly deep movie that goes into topics or subjects that you usually don't come across in movies. And for that reason, I really recommend this movie. Don't expect an entertaining movie out of this, but it's a very thought-provoking one. So... That would be my third recommendation, The Woman in the Dunes. For sure, do not miss it because I've not seen any other movie like this, ever. Brute, Yeah, guys, before I start my recommendations, I just want to
1: say none of this is scripted. Bogus has completely spoken each and every word from the notepad where he has written three pages of information about this movie alone. In fact, to a point, we considered to make the suggestion of this one movie as a podcast in itself. So, just don't don't comment down below the podcast saying that you can't have scripted stuff on podcast and all because this is not scripted. Okay? And Bogus, thanks for that lecture that mm-hmm. you've given us about why this movie is so amazing and almost revealed the whole plot of the movie.
2: No, I haven't. Which- and
0: Before you get into your recommendation, for those of you who are wise enough to keep coming back to our podcast, you will quickly realize that you'll have to take Brute's words at face value. If you're ever around Brute, always carry salt. A pinch of salt in your pocket, guys.
1: Yes. That's what you'll realize. Yes, and mostly try to carry pink salt because that's more organic.
2: Anyway, so coming down to
1: my suggestions. uh, My suggestions are pretty straightforward, mostly movies. The first one is Number 23 uh it's a movie which came in around like early 2000s uh it was done by jim carrey and one of probably i would go as far as saying that this is one of the best performance of jim carrey he it is very unlike him Mm -hmm. uh in the whole movie uh it's it's a dark movie it's a it's a kind of a psycho thriller kind of a movie right um
0: conspiracy
1: it's not conspiracy, but I would say, so I'll just give you a whiff of the plot. Basically, Jim Carrey is this middle class guy uh, mm. who has like a decent family, has a normal family and is a normal day-to-day life. Mm. And he comes across this book uh, where he starts reading that book right. and he starts relating to that book so much that he starts feeling that he's that book, Right? right? whatever is written in the book was written about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, So he kind of tries to unravel and the story takes like a very dark turn and it's a very interesting movie. I think, like I said, never seen Jim Carrey in that kind of a performance. Uh, It's very strong, very bold, Uh, kind of like any other performance of Jim Carrey, it kind of comes out of the screen, hits you very hard. Uh, So I think that is a really good movie to watch. Uh, I don't know, unlike Bogus, I don't explain the cast and crew and the director and what film they used while producing the movie, which location, uh, what is the literature genius of uh, the script, all that I don't know. I just go by what the movie has done to me and I'm sharing it with you. The second
0: movie... Jim Carrey and Virginia Madsen are the main cast. Very good cast. Both of them. Very good
1: actors. Precisely what I said. So, (laughs) anyways, thanks Bogus for proving me right. The second uh, suggestion I have... Uh, is The Remains of the Day mm-hmm. uh, again it's, it's, it's kind of a slow movie uh, I think I'm going to go slow this time oh, Remains oh of God. the Day uh, Anthony Hopkins is the lead and uh, it's basically a story about a butler uh, who's, who is a butler right. in a very rich guy's house somewhere in Europe or England and house it's, it's about his life
0: how do you spell butler?
1: I think it's B U T T L E A R. No. Uh with Y somewhere. No. It's B U
0: Atlatla <laughs>
1: <laughs> For all our non-Telugu speaking folks, you won't get the joke. Yeah. But uh yeah, B U Atlatla uh, It's it's a good movie, guys. I think it's a very strong performance of Anthony Hopkins. And Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson. Uh it's a good cast. I think Oof. I, both of them are. I feel that English movies always end up with amazing cast. I mean, they have so many. They come
0: actors. up in theater, dude. Like they do Shakespeare and stuff. Yeah. Like, they, they come up with they some grow, real strong grow from well, uh, stage training. Yeah, stage EIL.
1: this thing. That's why. But yeah, that is my second suggestion. I don't want to tell much about it because it's not much of a story, but it's just like how the, you know, how the characters behave and kind of evolve and right. stuff like that.
0: It's a Merchant Ivory production. Merchant
1: Ivory production. Like, again, guys, I'm the wrong guy to... If you need to know about a movie, you should reach out to Bogus. Uh, The third suggestion I have is... is, I think it's a directorial debut of Kevin Costner. It is. It's called Dances with the Wolves, which the movie's name is based on the name of the character. So the protagonist is named Dances with the Wolves because... The plot is... Basically, he's this... Uh, what do you... Is he a European or an American? No, he's an American. He's an American. Yeah, yeah. But are they turned American by then? Like yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so basically, Kevin Costner is... Uh, yeah, you can tag along. Because yeah, because this,
0: this is also one of my all-time favorite movies. And... Yeah. So the plot of Dances with Wolves is... If you guys have any idea about American history... There was a time where there was a civil war between North and South and the entire uh, American borders, as you know, it was not formalized yet. There were f- some lands which were called frontier lands, which were free lands. Yeah, They were not really under the white American occupation. So these lands were primarily uh, occupied by Native Indian tribes, Native American tribes. Um.
1: So, are the Red Indian tribes you mean to say?
0: Red Indian, yeah, that's they what are, they
1: were. Red Indians, so basically they basically are Red Indians. Native Americans are Red Indians, right?
0: No, well, Red Indians they see it as a derogatory term. So, Native Americans, no, we are third they're. party, so we are looking at, of course, from, from, from our perspective. So, right? Red Indians is what we popularly know, know them as. as, yeah. But, yeah, they used to live in those lands, basically, no law. It was just them nature, natural way of living, and Kevin Costner was part of this. I forget north or south. I think the north. South. Is the north the white American army? Yeah, guys. I boat? think you can check out the movie. No, you get the details. Basically, uh, there's a war that happens, and Kevin Costner's character gets punished, and he gets sent to the most remote post, the last post of uh, this American army, the army outpost. So, and there. Life is supposed to be very dangerous because people regularly get into conflict with these Native American tribes and they get killed off. And so he gets sent there and yeah, take it from there. No, basically,
1: yeah. So he gets, uh, he somehow gets adopted by this Red Indian tribe uh, or the Native American tribe and they name him as Dances with the Wolves because he's an outcast and so many, etc, 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 uh, the thing that it's a very long movie, guys, by the way, it's not like this four typical, hours. yeah, it's a four hour long movie, but it's worth watching if if you're having a lazy afternoon, I think it's the best time to watch this movie because you can watch half of it and then you can watch the second half in the late later part of the day. Uh, few things that you really have to keep in mind is, and I, I don't know if a lot of people who watched the movie already appreciate this, but the soundtrack of this movie oh, yeah. is is next level, and this is pre-hand Zimmer pre- time. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So uh, it's a fantastic soundtrack. There's not a lot of you know talking in the movie, but it's just the pure value of expressions and acting skills. Uh, I think it's it's a must watch. Uh, Dances with the Wolves, guys. That's my third suggestion. I didn't want to go ahead with this because I haven't told you also. But there's a book that I also want to suggest for all the readers in case if there are any. Uh, there's a book called Many Lives, Many Masters. Yeah. It is written by a, a guy called Brain Weiss, Brian Weiss. Brian mm-hmm. uh, He's basically a psychologist, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know if you've read this book. I've heard of this book. So, so the plot is very simple. The book is a real life. Uh, documentary he documented whatever happened with this one particular patient of his so this Brian Reese is a conventional psychologist who doesn't believe uh, who didn't believe in the unconventional practices of psychology right like hypnosis etc etc so he comes across this patient and he does everything in his power to like you know basically cure that person right but nothing, things just seem to be deteriorating more and more. Right. So one of his colleagues suggests that, hey, you've tried everything you know. So mm. why don't you try this? I'm not saying that you have to believe in it. Mm. But if it helps your patient, why don't you try this? Yeah. So he ends up, you know, treating that patient with uh, hypnosis. hypnosis. Yeah. And so in the process of hypnosis, he starts hearing the voices of, from her, in her hypnosis. Mm-hmm which doesn't talk about her life, mm-hmm. but they talk about her previous lives. No, oh. Right? And in the process, it kind of takes a spiritual turn right. in the middle. And and the best part, uh, some of the best bits that I remember of the book is, so he records this whole conversation, right? And the voices are different voices every single day. It's not just one voice talking. Right. Which is, so they claim they're the masters of that soul. Okay. Of different planes, mm-hmm. right? So they kind of explain what happens after death, what happened with her, with that patient previously in her lives, and all. So each life has a master for that. And
0: all of them are still influencing her life no. at that point of time. Yeah. So
1: in a nutshell, they are saying that this is the result of all that has happened okay. with this person. Okay. Uh, but in the process, they also explain that how this is not going to affect her in a bad way and how this was destined to happen for her. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the best part is, so this guy records these voices, right? Mm-hmm. And he tries to make the patient listen to it after the therapy. Mm. And... And every time, every session, she keeps getting better as a person. Okay. And the more better she is getting, the more hours she gets to these voices. Okay. So, it disturbs her so much every time she tries to listen to it. At one point, she's like, you know what? All that is for you. I don't care. Right. And then this guy asks the voice in the next session that why why is she not able to listen? Mm -hmm. And they say exactly what she says. She's like, we are talking to you because this is for you, not for her. Okay. And at the end of the day, basically... You know, she gets treated, and it's about how they explain the afterlife uh, world. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they explain there are seven planes and each plane has to be crossed by the soul or whatever. So anyways, uh, Many Lives, Many Masters. That's another book. Uh, I don't know how real or or fictitious it is. Mm -hmm. But definitely, it kind of tickles you to kind of get curious about the um what is has, beyond yeah what is beyond right? right if you're curious about it definitely is a good starting point very simple very plain english uh you know in terms of what kind of language and tone he used so that's another suggestion guys many lives many masters brian weiss he's the writer who is a real life guy i don't know if he has his own podcast now It would be really... I wouldn't be surprised if he has one. Yeah, I mean... But this is a very old book. I think it's from 80s. He wrote it in somewhere around 70s or 80s. Sometime around that.
0: Can I go back to Dancers with Wolves for a bit? No. Because there is some more that...
1: See, I know I stole your option. I don't know. But I remember that when I told you these were my options, she Mm. kind of got jealous that that was...
0: I would have said it. I could have you said it because, it. and I probably would have said it in a later episode because it's one of my all-time favorites. Um, so yeah, I mean, if if anyone is curious, Dances with Wolves is a four-hour movie which does not feel like a four-hour movie when you're watching it. The cinema, the cinematography is one of the most beautiful uh, works that I've ever seen, and like you said, the music. Oh. Oh, oh. it's just the music. Knows. It's. Beautiful. It is
1: borderline like sleep therapy. Yeah, I mean not in a bad way. Not in a bad way.
0: Yeah, yeah. there's so much beauty that comes comes across every frame. Uh, it's just visual poetry, and you get to you get to see Kevin Costner's character interact with these Native American tribes. They take him in. You get to see their culture, their way of life. Yeah, and how life is basically you get to experience or get a taste of what true freedom could actually be. Yeah. And that is, he realizes that through minimalistic
1: living or something. Exactly. Yeah. He observes that they don't need much. Yeah. And he starts appreciating that way of life yeah uh, yeah. because Americans already were like all materialistic by then from where he came. It was all about, you know, having those high teas, big seven course meals and all that. Yeah. And then he goes to the other extreme of, He experiences other extreme of that. Yeah. Culture, you can say.
0: Materialistic, um, intellectual pursuit kind of society. Yeah. Where they're more um, analytical and more... Judgmental, you can say. Judgmental. They're more of that. Prejudiced.
1: I think that is a word. I think it's prejudiced. How do you pronounce that? Prejudiced. Prejudiced.
0: But yeah, so that is definitely a movie that you guys should watch for sure they don't make movies like that anymore for yeah, sure yeah yeah shape. yeah Um, that brings us to the end of our first episode I hope uh, we hope you liked it and they have they have liked it and we hope that you keep coming back for more they will keep coming back obviously of course I mean those who don't um, don't
1: give them ideas bogus
0: no you have no option guys yeah, you, you have to come you have to come back make sure yeah, and it'll only keep evolving and all we're looking to do is, we're just two guys. We're looking to have fun with you and we're two among you. Two
1: among you guys.
0: That's about it. Thank you very much for listening to the Thigh Gap episode, the Thigh Gap podcast, I mean. From myself, Bogus Noob and Bing Brute. We're signing off. We'll see you in the next episode. Yeah, yay. Yeah.